life might hand you budgets, schedules, family, and responsibility. But driving shouldn't be just another chore. We're here to help you find a car you love. Something that fits your budget and your needs, but is fun to drive and makes you look back. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. Summertime is here enough that uh, tires are being changed. Yeah, they are. This this weekend, I changed my. Uh, I went to my big wheels on the mini, which means I went to sixteens. <laughs> from the fifteens to the sixteens. Woo! Yeah, wow. exactly. I forgot the wheels were that small. They're tiny tires. They're really tiny. No but, kidding. But that actually kind of helps the ride feel. But that means I've got uh, some halfway decent summer tires on the mini again, which is good. That's summer great. tires are my friend. So that did you happened. feel a difference already? Uh, brief drive, kind of a little bit, but but I haven't really. I've just came down the freeway to your house. It's not like I did a big, you know. Hey, this is a fun curvy road. It's just an on ramp. Right, hey, I'm done. Right. You know, so that's not a whole lot. But but I feel like I kept thinking halfway through the drive, I was like, wait a minute, these are the new tires, aren't they? The photo you posted at Instagram of the mini when you went mountain biking. Oh yeah, just went biking recently, with my son. Yes, the way the shadow was cast on the door side, I thought okay. that's what needs to go on the meatball on the side of the door is the speed limiter removal. Oh, the strikes from the de-restricted right. the, autobahn the four sign. The de-restricted cool. autobahn sign on the I side do of the like mini. That. I, I mean, do it's like not that. like a super hot sports car, but it, it just it's cool. It's but funny. That's that's People a total. Know, you've got to be in the know. That's not bad. I actually like that. That could be an easy just, thing. To yeah, do the way the shadow cast. I thought you had just taken some. That's know, funny. Tape or something, painter's tape or something. Well, actually, one of you uh, actually saw the Instagram feed and asked the question of, is my bike, which is kind of enormous because I'm a tree, is my <laughs> bike taller than the Lotus? Not only is my bike taller than the Lotus, my son's bike, he's eight, by the way, is almost taller <laughs> than the Lotus. And he's not a giant. His son's no. not a giant. No, no, no. Yet, he's eight. We don't know how he's, big I mean, he's, he's fairly big for his age, but he's still eight. He rides a bike with, like, I don't know, what are they, 20-inch wheels or so? Okay, so it's a normal kid's <laughs> when bike. your mountain bike is taller than your car. Almost taller than the Lotus. You know you drive a Lotus. Seriously, yeah. Apparently. Well, yes, as you said, the uh, the summer tires are coming back out. Mm-hmm. I've only had the Blizzax on the Expedition up to now. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. But I've gone shopping, and I will not say what I bought yet because there there will be the re- reveal. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. I think it's I'll do cool. it on Instagram. You should, you should. It, it's it should look, cool. look pretty cool. So I've ordered some 18-inch wheels to go down in size mm. and some larger, some taller sidewall tires. But it gets you more options here, that way? Well, yes, it does. But I'm also thinking with uh, it actually saves some money, to be honest. Sure. But if, say, that expedition should ever do some towing in the future, like of a, a oh, race car trailer. Oh, you're defending for that. Yeah, that, that little stuff. Yeah, I got it. Uh, huh? That taller sidewall will give me a more comfortable ride. Mm. The 10-ply tire is what the shop recommended. They say at least a 10-ply tire for any towing duty. And yeah, going down in size is going to save you money. There's plenty of guys that tow their rigs, their mm-hmm. fifth wheelers, whatever, with 20-inch wheels. And it can be done successfully. It just yeah. comes down to ride quality, really, and saving some money. Well, and you end up with unsprung weight with your wagon wheels on your already well, enormous car. Yeah. I mean, there's look, we're, we're not, you're not gaining any amazing handling because you went to 22s on your expedition. So you may as well just em- the, em- embrace the, the truck. cheaper tires, cheaper wheels, and probably a little bit softer ride. Why yeah, not? Yeah, I think Why it'll not? look cool. Yeah. It's when it's great. all done here, it's so I've got, I'm going to have those ordered tomorrow, and then hopefully by the end of the week they'll be in. Cool. And uh, looking forward to revealing that. It's just a little bit of a different look, just small mm-hmm. upgrades here and there as yeah. I can. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, the, they also recommended not driving on those winter tires anything warmer than 45 degrees out. Yeah. And that'll just tear the heck right out of those tires. Yeah, they're just soft enough at that point, you're just sawing through them for yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they said, yeah, you got to get some summers on there, and then. I'm kind of waiting for the Goodyear Eagle F1s on the Cayman to be sawed down enough so I can graduate to Michelin's on that car. Is that where you're going to go? You're going to go PS4s on that? I think so. Surprisingly, the GTS came mm-hmm. from the factory with Goodyear Eagle F1s, which, by the way, are made in Germany. Mm-hmm. But still, they spec the F1s on that car. Which, but, but most of the rest of the lineup was still on the Michelin's, right? Yeah, everything yeah, else seems to be Michelin. I just thought, okay, what are you trying to get out of? What handling feel are you mm-hmm. trying to get out of the GTS that's different and differentiates itself in the Cayman lineup? Yeah. I, bit of a question. You and I have suspected we felt a little bit of sidewall squirm in that well, car at some higher you, corner speeds. You bring that up. When, we did, uh, when you and I did a fast canyon run one day with my FRS – on the Pilot Super Sports and your GTS. Right, right. When we, when we ended up getting out, kind of looking at each other, like, did I really feel that? Because the big discussion we got into, and this is crazy to say, it's honestly ridiculous to say, was that the, the Cayman being mid-engine, it, it ducks in better, obviously, than the, than oh, the yeah. FRS. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, not out. a lot better, but it does turn in better because of that mid-engine rotation. But 
I felt a little bit more squirm in your GTS than I did in the FRS. And after we both drove both cars back and forth, we concluded we believe it was tire-related. I think so. You had 17s on that FRS, right? Uh, yes. Not 18s. Yes, I did 17s, yeah. Okay. Yeah, but that tire just felt so brilliant on mm-hmm. that car. It felt really good, yeah. And we love that tire. We've driven so many cars with that tire mm-hmm. on there that I know... That's what I want next. I want, sure. to, I want to go back to the Michelin. Well, they've jumped up to the PS4s Honestly. too. You know, actually, I'm in a world where I can't. Here's a lot of tire discussion, folks. Brace yourself. I can't get uh, the Michelin PS4s for the Lotus. I know. They'll make them the right what size. What are you limited to? Are we talking Yokohama or any other no, there's, random there's, brand? There's three or four. Now, there's a couple things that have been done, speaking specifically to the Lotus. By the way, there is kind of an answer to a question lingering here, and that answer to the question is, how do you buy tires? How do we buy tires? And right. so we're kind of well, unpacking that a bit. Yeah, 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 it's for the, sure. The Behind-the-scenes thinking here. It's not, a, it's not a hard and fast rule, but we'll give you some thoughts here. But, but the thing on the Lotus is, is twofold. First off, I was really glad when I discovered this. The guy that had the car before me now he had it mostly as a track car but he did a fairly standard tire upgrade mm-hmm. you leave the stock wheels on but you go up in width now it's a staggered tire setup to begin with it's right. staggered wheel setup as well Your okay 16s in the front 17s in the rear i believe so yes okay but he went wider front and rear and there is an actual ratio you can go wider on both and you keep the ratio the same as it was lower you just went more meat on both. So you can still clear Front when you're turning, rear. right? Yes, but yeah, absolutely. But also the ratio of how much thinner ratio-wise are the fronts to the mm-hmm. rear is the same as it was dynamically from the factory. You just went with wider tires. You've had that car almost that creates, six months now? Uh, getting close. It'll just over, Well, almost. I mean, here's the thing. July will be a year, and July will be a year. Wow. It's just I haven't driven it for the last four months. Right, right. There's been that. So, so that's the thing. So I currently have uh, Dunlops, of all things, on there right now. How do you like those, by the way? They're very okay. <laughs> They're fine. Okay. I am aware. All right. I, I feel like I'm aware. This is going to sound weird. The car has never done anything oddball unless I've done something stupid. But I also don't feel like at high cornering speeds, I am as confident in those tires as I'd like to be. Okay, but, so what are you thinking now? For, well, this is where it gets crazy. Because they're starting to get a lot of guys, kind of worn down. A lot of guys will, uh, will put Kumos on there. It's going to say there's a Kumo makes a tire that fits the Lotus really which well. Which could be great, actually. And, I, and well, that uh, Exige we called it. There was a guy that had the an Exige, Elise that was kind of right. trained it to be almost an, an Exige. Right. He had the Kumos on that on that were those car, Kumos? and they were great. They were really good. Yeah, I did okay? like that. So that that's good. But then, honestly, the ones that really intrigue me are the stock Yokohamas. The problem is, you cannot drive the car in the rain. Really? It's just well, they are they well, are that you can't drive the car in the rain anyway. Let's be not honest. too much. That's true, but 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 they are. <laughs> what the you re- have to complain but about? But the reason people put on the Kumos <laughs> or the Dunlops, and I think there may be even I could get it wrong. I think there may be even a Continental that's possible. The reason okay. people put those on is so they can drive them and not worry about oh, it's about to rain. I mean, it and they're might cheaper be too. Good if you did, just because of the random rainstorm that'll happen here in the mountains. I hear you. The, the thing about the Yokohamas is they're brilliant, but they have they're that uh, that that race prepped street legal tire mm-hmm. where they're like the littlest channels for water. So there's a lot of careful stepping that goes on if it starts to rain. Yeah, those get and in a hurry. and of course they're a lot more expensive and you blow through them faster. The only reason I'm considering them, of course, you know. Money's got to happen. There is that. Oh, yeah. But the, but the only reason I'm considering it is because if it isn't the only car I have access to, I have a winter car, then it makes a lot more sense to do the Yokohamas. If I don't have a winter car, which with the Lotus I will, then I've got to get something like the Kumo on there. It's funny. We're just thinking more and more about having separate sets of wheels and tires for the all-around cars. Absolutely. That's why the I swapped the Mini cars, Absolutely. Obviously, you haven't done the winter wheel and tire set. There's no point. No. Same with the Cayman. I don't know that I'd really drive it you know, regularly in the salt. I do take it out occasionally on the cold, dry days, and it's fine. My speeds are lower, of course. Well, of. I did the same thing this winter on the Lotus. Yeah. Kind of lower, but, yeah. uh, you know, got, baby got to, got to be exercised. I like it. I like uh, it. But, yeah, I'm thinking uh, on this expedition, just as I can do things, I'm actually thinking about t- taking the roof rails off. Oh, yeah? I don't know. It just sort of struck me to make it just long and sleek. And, hmm. uh, I mean, I'm thinking I just use it for skiing anyway, but the car is long enough. The skis fit in the back just fine. For sure. The yeah. mountain bikes go on the trailer hitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know the the rack you of the could trailer put hitch. ski jump skis in the back of your car the the huge <laughs> long you could put those in there and close the doors it's, it's a madness class, it's ski madness jump skis. 
Yeah, I was just kind of thinking, what would I that look that. like? You know, just yeah. t- totally flush. You know, then you're going to get the handle things. shaved. It's only going to open no, by a button on your fob. No, no you're not going to do that. Okay, not right. going to do that. I am going to do maybe some brake up- upgrades to the car. Sure. And then well, if you're uh, tow, I can some Bilsteins. Yeah. Okay. Put those on there. Just things to keep it mostly stock looking. I'm not going to turn it into a monster truck. Mm-hmm. There's no point. You guys are just but, hearing yeah. us just ponder what we want to do to our cars right here. Pretty much. But I will say, look, actually, to, to bring this home, though, I want to say this. If you're, if you're researching tires, I will tell you a company we wish was a sponsor because I use them a lot. Mm. And that's Tire Rack. Yeah, agreed. Tire Rack is amazing because they do so much tire testing and because you can not only find the tires that fit your car. This is honestly guys, this is not this an sounds ad. Like an ad. This is not the way an you're ad. talking right just, now sounds like an ad. This is just the way I've used it for yeah. probably my last four or five cars. I've found great tires for all my cars, the Sabaru, the 300ZX doing it this way. You go on and you find the tires that fit and then you start reading reviews, you start reading comparisons, you can find amazing tires for your car and you can find what I find interesting is you can start reading the reviews and it tells you what kind of car was this person driving that made this review and what kind of driver do they consider themselves to be. So this is a preemptive tantalizing, hey, Tire Rack, wouldn't you like to be a sponsor of the podcast? Well, yeah, we could show that to them, but th- that is fair. But but here's the thing. It is a great way to do research. The other way to do research is, of course, to dig into the forums for your specific car and see what other tires are people running. You can't go wrong, really, putting the OEM tires back on. Obviously, the car was designed for those. Sure. But we found certain cars. I'll give you an example. The, the Bridgestone Potenzas we found on the current GTI performance pack. Yeah, I remember We those. felt those tires let the car down. They make great winter tires. They do, but we felt like those, those Potenzas, Potenzas were not my well, favorite. I have Potenza Summers on the Mini, too, and they're okay. Well, that's but my just point. Never liked them that much. The tires are just okay. But I felt like on, the, on that GTI specifically, those tires they had on there, I felt like they let go before the chassis did. Yeah. Well, they did. And yeah, and, it didn't and feel so, like it. they actually no, I get did it. let go. We so, both experienced you that can, separately. But you can dig around and you can ask people on forums, of course. But I, I actually do love Tire Rack for research, and I have done research probably more than I would care to admit on tires for every car I've owned by just doing that comparison. Hey, everybody stuff. comes to a point where they're going, "Oh yeah, I got to do tires." And yeah. What did I do last time? And, yeah, for sure. You know, sure. you go to the store and look up my account and, and try that, to remember. And that doesn't mean you ended up buying them from Tire Rack. It's just a fantastic place where you can do that research. <laughs> So that you know, yeah, if this was an ad, I wouldn't have said that. But no, I was going to say it. It sounds like Best Buy and Amazon. Everybody goes to Best Buy to look it up and and pick up the product, and then they go home and order it on Amazon. <laughs> right? You're standing in Best Buy looking at it on Amazon, That's going, what "Oh, does. look, it's cheaper there, and I can have it tomorrow." Hey, I'll just terrible. order it right That's here in the store. That's just terrible. Thank you. Uh, well, actually, my my wife has trained Awful. my son oh, no. in this regard. Oh no! If we're out somewhere, because this this happens with kids, I'll give you a perfect example. A couple times a year, there is the book fair at our local school. Yeah, and a of course, the way they set that up is you come in the front doors of the school, and it's book fair, and you have to walk right. through the, the aisles and aisles of, in many cases, ridiculous books that nobody really should get for kids to get the kids to their class. And invariably, my son and every child there goes, oh, what about that book? And we finally <laughs> trained him because there's like a 30% markup. We finally trained him. Find a book you want. We're thrilled you want a book. Good for you. We will order it from Amazon later. That's awesome. But I anyway, so but here's it. the thing. Do that research on, on the tires. Then you can figure out, do you want, want to get them from Tire Rack delivered, or do you want to go to your local tire guy and go, I want this tire? Funny. Well, speaking of books, you probably have seen the Baku F1 race that just happened. Spoiler alert, Lewis Hamilton won, but mm-hmm. the two Red Bull guys took each other out. And I read an article, I think it was Sky Sports somewhere, and okay. the author said, Christian Horner, the team principal, is going oh, sure. to, in private, throw several libraries of books at both his drivers. Probably, yeah. And and they're going to have to apologize to everybody at the factory mm-hmm. and on and on and on. So that was a horrific incident, but, you know, next time. It was it was crazy. Such a yeah. crazy race right up until the end. So, yeah, I really enjoyed that. We have got uh, seasons one and two on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. If you have not seen seasons one and two, they are, are now both available on Amazon Prime, as is the 50 Years of the 9-11 piece. Mm-hmm. And more and films coming. all the, the rest of the three, not including this year's film that we have not shot yet. It's hard to have organizing. that one on Amazon yet. It's yes. hard to get that, it up on really Amazon. It's really difficult to post that before we've done it. Yeah. Anyway, 50 Years is already up there. Mm-hmm. The other three are forthcoming. And, and don't you can still forget, get them on Blu-ray. And you can, yeah, get all, you can get it all on Vimeo, too, which is cool. Very correct. But, uh, yeah, Amazon just seems to be the uh, the platform that most people like and want to for use, sure, for sure. which is fine. So, also, don't forget the pilgrimage trip coming up the first weekend of August 2018, and you are invited. Mm-hmm. If you've got questions, you can go right to everydaydriver.com slash adventures. It's on the website there, and you can find all the information, the pricing, the scheduling, 
all of that stuff. We would love to have you on this trip. It's going to be a yeah. driving palooza, driving extravaganza. And I'm going to say right now, I'm going to put it out there. If you have a question that is not covered in the FAQ or you're curious, how does this work or whatever, write to us, Everyday Driver mm-hmm. TV at Gmail. We get those emails. I'm happy to, to field those. That's no problem. So we'd love to have you with us. Thank you for joining us for this uh, podcast. Happy Tuesday, by the way. We have uh, two car debates coming up, Damon in Seattle. Yeah, Alex in England, and you have joined the two because they both relate to Aston Martin. You know, it's not often we get to talk about Aston Martin. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it comes up as a potential recommendation, but it's usually a wild card. It's usually an outlier kind of car. And Damon actually is, he's been listening a while. Damon, thank you so much for writing. For sure. And he wants to get our thoughts on an 07 Aston Martin V8 Vantage manual transmission Mm -hmm. and he's asking if it's a good purchase for a second car that's really what he's thinking about now he has not given us the budget here Mm -hmm. but he has said because he already has a bmw z4 this is the fun car Mm -hmm. and this would be sold and probably some more money added to that to go get which is now in his budget any vantage so we don't know what that that price range is, but I'm thinking not more than sixty. Probably no, it's it's got to it's got to be forty to fifty. If I had to guess, maybe you're right. Maybe we're touching sixty, but that'd be the high end of that car, probably. Right. Right. I, honestly, man, I think the V8 Vantage with the stick shift is kind of the play. I really think that's cool. If if you <laughs> I knew wanting, that would tug on your heart. If you're wanting that aspirational car. That is a, a car, honestly, it's not, watch our old piece on it. We did a piece years ago on it, okay? It's not. That was a brand new press car then, by the way. It was. It was gorgeous. It's, we had fun with that car. It, it, was, it was great. It's one of those cars where when you take it out on a back road, is it the most amazing back road car ever? No, but you don't care. <laughs> it's right. good enough on the back road that you don't feel disappointed like, man, this is just a pig. It's very fun on the back road. <laughs> right, right. And yet it is so nice to be in. That that's an event as well. I mean, I feel like there's that's the other problem is you have a lot of cars that they're really nice to be in, but the minute you start to push on their dynamics, they fall apart. Okay, you know, just uh, you're talking, you're talking eight in every category kind of thing. No, I'm talking your typical, good, your typical nice sedan that's trying to check all the boxes. Mm. You start pushing it dynamically, and you wish it was something else. Mm, the Aston, right. you know it's not, you know, it's not operating the upper level of exotic. Who cares? It's just great to be in. It's good dynamically. It's fun. That V8 is awesome. You want the stick shift. You don't want the automatic of that gin. The tech is a bit old. The tech is not a bit old. The tech is ancient on it that It is car. because it was – The tech was irrelevant in their minds when they were designing and building yeah. that car. They stuck it was, one on. It was old at the time. That's the yeah. problem with it. It was old in 07. Right. So right. you'll probably have to figure out, do I have to update that? But the, the larger question you're asking the screen. Here, Remember, it just closes by itself. Yes. And use your phone. What is it? Your, your emotion control unit? The it little crystal key? You shove unit. it. Stop it. it you Stop it. Stick it in the dash. But I, but I do get like. all emotional, apparently. Exactly. I do like the fact that the gauges, I forget, it, it's the tack. goes reverse of what you're, you're expecting. The speed goes the direction yes. you expect, yes. and then the tack mirrors it by going the other direction. That takes a bit of getting used to. You just look down and like, wait, why did they? Oh, that's right. That's it's why it's fun. Doing it. it's, it's cool. Oh, it's very cool. It's very cool. But here's, here's, the, here's the cautionary tale here, though. One of the things you're asking, Damon, is, is, the, is what is this going to cost you to run? Well, well, yeah, he's asking about maintenance because yeah. he's comparing it to the Z4, which he's done all the maintenance on up to mm-hmm. this point. Which has been good. It's it's probably going to cost you more than that when something breaks. I just think it is. It's just you're, it's a more expensive original car. It's that thing we always say. If you buy a hundred thousand dollar car for twenty, first off, congratulations. But secondly, when you take it in for service, you're servicing a hundred thousand dollar car. So stuff's just going to cost more. Can yeah. you find an independent guy? Is question one. But I think actually, you know what? That's not question one. Question one is this: You've said you found this Vantage locally in your area, and you know the owner. This that, is, that's a, that changes things. This honestly. is where the questions start. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Actually, tell him how serious you are and ask him honestly, what's it been like to own maintenance-wise? Which is a perfectly valid question if you were buying any car ever. We don't know what the mileage is on this car, and I like that you do know your neighbor and know this car mm-hmm. kind of because it's, you know, like I said, in your neighborhood. We've been talking about this and... Uh, I love that it's on your list of dream cars, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. So, yes, this would replace the Z4. And you're saying, Damon, that this would, th- theoretically speaking, have depreciated all the way that it can. Pretty much. Maybe. I think there's always place for you know cars to continue going down, to be yeah. honest. It depends on the car. And 
you know, with Advantage, they made so many of them. I think it's going to be a long time before they go on the upswing. I don't know that they're going to go on the upswing. No, unless unless you've got the V12, I don't think those cars ever and take those a are turn still too the other new, way. To be honest. I, but, I, but also, talk about more maintenance. And I don't think uh, – I think that car will take a turn and, and rise in value eventually, but it's going to be a while. I mean, Porsche 928s, the last one was built in 95. We're barely starting to see an uptick in the Fair. good ones. Fair, well over almost 23, almost 25 years later. Yeah. So it's going to be a while if they ever. I would not yeah. buy thinking, Aston, it's going to go up in value. No. Do not buy this car for that reason. But I think he could have it for five years from right now. And sure. there's, I think there's little chance it would even lose as much as ten grand in five years. I think it will lose less than that, whereas it's Possibly. been plummeting up till now. Depends on the deal that he can get. Sure, Depends on the course. negotiation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, we like the car. I like doing that. Quick story about a guy that I know at Tesla Motors. He's the visualization uh, director, I believe, mm-hmm. over there. And he bought an 09 Vantage, I think. Okay. Problem okay. was he took it to the track and took it drag racing, actually, and yeah. broke one of the main differential pieces oh, in the man. gearbox and had a huge bill to deal with. I'm sure. I'm sure. Now, these cars are not necessarily built to go do that. Mm-hmm. I... You you would think they would be, you know, Aston ha- having a big racing history and all that kind yeah, of stuff. But, yeah. again, this is a street performance big GT car, not necessarily a drag racing vehicle. True, but we joked that one that one week. We joked about somebody should get a V8 Vantage, and they also wanted autocross. We were like, autocross or V8 Vantage. And then we got two or three people That's that different, though. you sent us photos of guys autocrossing their Vantage. But it is a it is a, a wear and tear question. It, yeah. It's a discussion that I've had and you've had before. The great thing about an '86 is if you do track and you wear and tear, you're buying '86 Toyota parts. If you well, yeah. if you track okay. your high end 911, you track your Vantage. It can do it. It absolutely can do it. But what does co- stuff cost when it breaks? That's the unknown here. Damon, I've got three choices for you as alternatives to just think about. Oh, good. Okay, excellent. I wanted to dive into this because we talk about these cars so much and. Uh, yeah, as alternatives to the Aston in case it mm-hmm. the deal falls through and for whatever reason. Of course, you could go chase used ones. Of, of course. course. Absolutely. But I wanted you to think about these cars, and I want you to know how far these prices have dropped on all three of them. Okay. This is very interesting as a counterpoint, okay? Good. Go for Something it. Something to consider. Maybe go drive them, but just have this in your hip pocket, okay? 2008 Audi R8. Mm. Found you one with 50,000 miles. Like it. For $59,600. You're kidding. Not. Now, it's an automatic. It's not the manual. That's the drawback. That is the killing stroke right there. But you could probably, hopefully, find some manuals for a few thousand more. Hopefully. Hopefully. I'm just saying that first gen Audi R8, they are now 60 grand. The early V8 six speed, gated six speed, is the way to get that car. That's the business right there. It's so nice. Get this, 2015 Jaguar F-Type. Good alternative. Really good alternative. The S, mm-hmm. 22,442 miles. Excellent. For 50 grand. 49.9. That, that's a really compelling counterpoint. 49.9 for a Jag F-Type S with yeah. 22,000 miles? And that's got the, the powerful V6, which is kind of what oh. you want. You kind of want that over the big V8. Yeah. Just from a weight perspective. Exactly. And honestly, that is a car that you can clearly see they pulled an advantage into the studio. Let's make something like this. <laughs> but it is, but it is newer. It's newer tech. That is a very compelling counter argument. Bravo on that. I like that a lot. Okay, last one, Damon. Twenty twelve BMW M six. You're already a BMW guy, and this is the current yeah. generation. That is the first year of the current generation. The first look. I just want you to hear this price though. Forty four nine. You're kidding. Forty four. They take forty four grand. That car was three times that new. Yeah, thirty thousand miles. Mm. That now has the dual clutch transmission. Okay. Okay. Five hundred sixty horsepower turbo V eight. It's an M six mm-hmm. for forty four grand. Are you kidding me? Mm. These are the kinds of cars. Obviously, that are, that are, you would be cross shopping. But again, if you're looking for a Lotus, or you're looking for an Aston. I don't think you're cross shopping. You just kind of know you what may you just, want. You may just want one. And and the Aston. Look, I think from a uh, from a buy perspective, the 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 F Type is a really compelling counter here. I couldn't but believe that fifty grand now but for an F Type. Isn't quite the Aston Martin in look no. and feel and prestige sound and interior. Yeah, in the yeah, sound because yeah, yeah. I'm thinking, what else sounds like the Aston? Nothing. Well. 
F types close. Yeah. Can you get that early F type in a, in a manual? I know you can get them, but didn't they start them automatic first? Yeah, that's the other problem. That might be an issue there, but yeah. I like the F type as an alt. I will say one last bit of advice for you, Damon. If you go with the Aston Martin, and you can, this, you can apply this any car, but with the more niche a car gets, the more common this is, I find, on forums. The Lotus is a perfect example. Dig into the, to the forum for your car, and you will find a posting that is things to check when buying a whatever car. Absolutely. There Start is here, always potential a buyer. Killer, there is always Start a here. killer breakdown, especially on these major niche sports cars, yeah. where somebody has really gone, check this, check that, check this. How's the status of this? When's the last time this was changed? Go find that document and, and throw that at whatever Aston you're looking at. And please don't get me wrong. Not because I think you're going to find one where everything is perfect. Just because it educates you to, oh, I'm going to buy this and have to do this item mm. right away. I wouldn't say walk away if not everything's been done. You're, I'll be very surprised if you find one that checks every box. I mean, welcome this to one used with cars. Neighbor could be pretty darn. It good. may be, but welcome to used cars. But at the same time, as long as you, the, the worst thing in the world buying a used car, especially a used sports car, is for it to surprise you with the thing it needs. <laughs> That's the worst thing and ever. No, what is that like in- connected instantly to? Instantly, you oh, hate the no. car. Yeah. At least a little bit. You're just like, this really just happened. But at least if you go in knowing, oh, it's that problem, I'm going to have to fix that. Okay. Or, you know, these model years, the 2012 yeah, to 2016s exactly. had the blank problem. So mm-hmm. just know about that in this you know, range of builds yes. or whatever. At least you're known. Like Todd said, dig, you're dig going into, into forums, this. find that that document, yeah. and cross-reference that with the Aston you're shopping at. And I think you're defending yourself as best you can. Okay, we love this. Love the choice. We do wish Astons upon everybody. Yes, I mean that we would wish be... you a merry Aston. I don't know where that came from, but there <laughs> you go. Yeah, but you know, R8s are now dropping in price. Just saying, Oof. R8s. Oof. Yikes. Well, guys, uh, thank you so much for writing in. We're gonna take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Three-time NBA champion B.J. Armstrong has a great new podcast here with Podcast One Sportsnet. NBA champion B.J. Armstrong and his co-host Gerald Brown have a new show called In the Key, where they break down the latest news and happenings in the NBA playoffs, as well as music and entertainment. Check out In the Key every Thursday at Podcast One Sportsnet and Apple Podcasts. Also remember to rate and review that podcast and this one. You've probably seen it on Shark Tank. Brush Hero is a water-powered cleaning machine. It's got an impressive amount of torque, not meant to spend fast, but, you know, scrubbing with powerful, continuous, effective torque. It's been described to us as a CVT transmission. It really works. Now, the starter set comes with two brush heads, a soft one for sensitive surfaces like paint and chrome, and a tough one for serious muck. Brush Hero was originally designed for fast, easy, expert-level car and motorcycle detailing, You know, you can clean anything. Boats, barbecue grills, yard tools, bikes, patio furniture, and wheels on your car. There's no batteries, there's no electricity required, and it makes life easier. No more backache, no more wet, scraped-up knuckles from jamming rags and sponges into tight spaces around the wheel spokes. This just might be the ultimate detailing tool. you got to try it for yourself. I'm excited to have one. And right now, you guys, our listeners, you can get a discount. You use the code DRIVER at BrushHero.com. You get 10% off your order, any order over $50, plus free shipping. So it's $10 plus free shipping for any order over $50. And then it could be a great Father's Day gift. I'm just saying. It's coming up. It's a good idea. Again, you can go to BrushHero.com and use the promo code DRIVER. If you don't want to do that, you don't want the savings, it's available other places like Amazon and Costco. But I'm telling you, BrushHero.com, code DRIVER. Everybody's got a to-do list. You drop off the dry cleaning, you pick up some milk. I've got an idea. Let's add save hundreds of dollars in car insurance. And the good thing is you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. All you have to do is go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. Having extra money in your pocket might be the most rewarding thing on your to-do list today. Technology Truths, brought to you by GEICO. Technology Truths. Truth, you will certainly send any text about your supervisor to your supervisor. What's with Janet's bangs? Did she lose a bet with a weed whacker? <laughs> LOL. And sent. Wait, no, 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 no. Truth, it's so easy to switch and save on car insurance at GEICO.com. Janet, I think my phone was hacked or something. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. We're back with the debate for Alex, who is in England. 
Yeah, this is a cool story. How, how did wow. He, Alex, how did you land this job? He does have his dream job. He is at Aston Martin, the company, mm-hmm. as a design engineer working on the new Valkyrie project in conjunction with Red Bull. Wow, my friend, this is a yeah. fantastic position to find yourself I'm, in. I'm going to take a moment and write an email back to Alex and ask if we can have a tour. No, wait, anyway, yeah, it's excellent. It's That's very not cool. a bad idea, it's actually, cool. should we find ourselves in England visiting the Lotus Factory for any reason whatsoever. Why would we go there? I don't I'm know. not That's sure. That's very strange. Yeah, so he is doing this. He used to work on construction equipment, but he's got the disease pretty strong because all he ever talks about is cars. <laughs> he always wanted to work in automotive, and so now he's in an environment where everyone is so passionate about cars. Mm-hmm. And as he says in the email, he they, they share my crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you're right. Welcome. Well, your, your crazy is good here too, by the way. You're, that, <laughs> that has currency here with us, so thanks for writing in. Uh, here's your question. You're obviously, you have your dream job, but you have a long commute. Well, yeah, it's, again, what do people at other car companies drive? Just like yeah. this guy at Tesla drives an Aston Martin. Sure, sure, sure. And a Fiat 500e. I will throw that in there, but 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 that's, that's the big question. question. You have you have the cr- the the cross reality of I work on this car, but do I drive the same kind of car? You're clearly not working on not driving a Valkyrie, but the point everybody is, drives Valkyries to yeah, work. Exactly, we've all got Valkyries. There's the Valkyrie lot. It's on the left. Yeah, <laughs> mine's the yellow one. You yeah. too, huh? Yeah, I'm telling you, it's ridiculous. <laughs> no, but but here's the thing: you've got a hundred mile a day commute, so that obviously is a lot of time in the car. And you and you thought you thought I'm you know what I'm going to be smart. I'm going to get myself a diesel. Mm. You bought yourself an Alfa Romeo GT diesel, and you have concluded you hate diesel cars. This is a problem. This is where the crux of the argument is. Right, right. He feels like he's missing out on the rev band of gasoline engines or petrol cars here. So he wants something that will give him 40 miles to the gallon on the commute, but still be fun to drive. Mm -hmm. He's considered a few cars here, in addition to naming the previous cars that he's owned, which... Yeah. include that Peugeot 208 GTI. Mm-hmm. Tom really liked that in yeah. his review. Yeah. That was just about a year ago when he reviewed the new Peugeot 208 and GTI. And it's fun, yeah, for sure. So fun. But, but, but here's the problem, though. That okay. 40 miles per gallon. That's up there. I Because I, here's the thing. I think that's going to be tough to obtain. Well, and I'll say this to you, Alex. In one sentence, you said, I'd like to get 40-plus miles per gallon. And then you proceeded to list a number of cars that you're considering, most of which don't. Yeah, that is the problem. I, I just I just thought I'd point that out. Okay, fair enough. On, on your list is a uh, a three two thousand fifteen Ford Mustang GT. Yes, but doesn't that happen to all of us? Like, I need forty miles to the gallon, and then we go shopping. And it think, does happen to you know all what? Of that us. is really kind of less, less important than I thought it was. So so is most people's budget. By the way, I have fifteen well, grand. I spent forty. I'm not sure how that happened. Did limit me, and I kind of blew it out again. But I have a good reason, which okay. I will explain. Please, okay, I have a good go. reason to do this. As I was saying, the budget is 15,000 pounds. Pounds, yeah. Paul Limiter is at 20,000 pounds. The cars that he suggested to us were the Volkswagen Scirocco 2.0. Mm-hmm. Love it. Yeah, and, that, and that's going to get close to that 40. Yeah. That could well, probably get close. Any car will get 40 downhill with your foot off the gas. Well, true. I mean, true, true, yeah. Any car, mm-hmm. right? Turn the engine off. It's getting 40. Ford Fiesta ST and a BMW 228i. Mm-hmm. Love all those choices. Yeah. I've got a bunch for you to consider, and then my wild card for you is not 20,000 pounds. It's <laughs> a little bit more than that. But I, like I said, I'm going to justify this here. I want to get to, I, first of all, I love the Scirocco idea. Mm-hmm. I love that you could rock that car. It's not something that's available in North America. It never has been, the, the new generation of it that mm-hmm. is now out of production. But I love that idea. That led me to the Volkswagen GTI. Yeah, sure. That's got to be on your list, my friend. As is the BMW Z4. That could be interesting. I think that will be the least fuel efficient of any of these choices, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I thought of the BMW 135i, and if you're going to do a 135 or even a 128, it's got to have the sport package. Mm-hmm. And and that's a cool little five-door we didn't get. Yes, it is. Which is really and cool. And a three-door, a long yeah, shooting you get a, brake you get three-door, a three-door that yeah, we yeah, don't yeah. get either. I don't know yeah, why. Yeah, get that rear-wheel drive manual. That's a, that's a cool little car. To Ford create, must have been sure. talking to BMW before you know they even pulled out with their small cars. I don't know. <laughs> Some, something's going on there. All right, so that brings me to my wild card. Okay, okay. This is also a car that we will never get in the States. All right. In North America, for that matter. It's the Hyundai i30N. Ooh. Now, Alex, they start at 25,000 mm-hmm. pounds. Mm-hmm. But could you stretch? Could you stretch in any? Could you stretch? Yeah. 
please. I see I why this is your wild card. Yeah. For you to be in the eye. You're so intrigued by it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, start at 25. Mm-hmm. So I blew it up a little bit. But could mm-hmm. you do the payment thing? And because you're a rock star on the Valkyrie project, think. <laughs> You know what? I need to treat myself a little because That's I'm working funny. on that car. That's so funny. Why not? So you've got the Canyon Carver. You've uh-huh, got uh-huh. this thing was tuned at the ring. Put it on the, yeah, yeah, on the yeah. train. Uh, go through the channel. Whatever. Absolutely. Get to Germany in why your not? car. Uh, why not? Yeah, yeah. Take it on the ring where it was born. Mm-hmm. Go have some fun. And I think the price or the payment that went up by five thousand dollars. It spread out over six years or however long you want to spread it out. I'm, I'm a car salesman now. There you go. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> I'm spreading it out. They even come in your favorite color blue. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they do. Really? Well done. Yeah. So I, I'm looking at that just thinking, could you stretch? If not, I do love your choices. Mm-hmm. I'm back in your plan. The Scirocco especially. The Scirocco is very cool. But like I said, I would love for you to be in that brand new i30N and experience mm-hmm. it. It's just tech, interior. They've come a long way. I think it's probably something you weren't considering. Mm, it's interesting. It's a good and, wild card. Uh, oh, they do have a couple of versions here, too. They've got uh, the trim N also comes in the N performance version. Okay. So the base engine base is 250 horsepower. The end performance is 275, and there are two different insurance groups, if that matters. Oh, interesting. For you. Okay, I see So where the you're first going. insurance yeah, yeah. group is 27E. The second one, the end performance is the 28E insurance group, obviously a higher insurance group. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying, the end performance basic retail is 19.8. That could work. Okay. Maybe. Right. Anyway, something to investigate, food for thought. For sure. Put that in your brain. For sure. And sit on that for a little while. I like it. So you're hitting that uh, 4,000 RPM rev band and going, really? Really? <laughs> That's what's really disappointed you here. I, I actually, you know, I'm going to back your play on the three you mentioned as well, the uh, the Scirocco, the Ford Fiesta ST, and the BMW 228i. I like all of those. I'm not sure how many of those break 40 miles of the gallon, but they are, they're good. And if your commute is uh, flat ground, you may get, you're going to get a lot closer. Especially if you're it's drafting a lorry. There, I mean, perfect. Free. There you go. All of this is possible. So I do like those. I am going to say, look, the, we've talked the Fiesta ST a lot here on the podcast. We really, really like it. Yeah. The place where that car falls down is interior materials because it ultimately is a super economy car made to be brilliant to drive. My question is, what's your commute like? And I don't mean that to be tacky, but the more you sit still, the more you notice, am I comfortable and how nice is this Oh, I interior? see. If you're moving, you're you're busy. If you're moving right? and you're darting through traffic and, hey, this is fun and I like the dynamics and, oh, look how fast I can get between these two cars. The Fiesta ST, you're not going to notice. If you're sitting in traffic, oh, sure. Great you're going to be like, this is really not a very nice place to be. Oh, that's so excellent. I wonder if the Fiesta has a shelf life. As, as fun as it is, I wonder if it's got a shelf life and, and is eventually a car you're just like, I don't really like this very much. But I like where your thinking is because you're trying to get things that are interesting and could be fun to drive. So I have three I want to mention. Okay, good. As alternates. In the Volkswagen world, if we're chasing miles per gallon, what about a Polo? Oh, Which also comes in GTI. It does, yeah. Now, I will be perfectly honest, never driven it. Never driven it at all. Right. But it's designed to be a commuter car and it's designed to, to get good gas mileage and it comes in a GTI flavor. Does Volkswagen Polo love it? So I think that's a, that's a real option. Uh, if you're going to look at Fiesta STs, look at the 500 Abart. It has lots of personality, and I think it's a nicer place to sit than the Fiesta ST. It's pretty cool. Like that. So I think the 500 those Abart will come is, down in price a lot. Oh, you can get that all day long for your budget. Absolutely. So yeah. the, the 500 Abart's got to be in there. I think, and it's in there because I think it its strengths are are are, are maybe more toward commuting than the Fiesta ST. I, I yeah, like the Abarth a lot, that. but I can sure. just see you sitting in the Abarth in, in traffic and being like, this is no good place to be. Yeah, we're Whereas good. Whereas Fiesta, you're like, this is a cheap car. Which, I mean, <laughs> can it's we awesome. start rolling again? It's awesome, but it's cheap. Yeah. And then I have one other one that really I was driven to by two things. You're clearly an enthusiast, and you want miles per gallon. That's a hard combination in a lot of situations, but I'm going to save you money. I'm going to only use half your budget. Get yourself a used Honda CRZ with the six-speed manual. Dig it, my car, my choice. Seriously, I love it. you're going to well spend, done. You're going to spend half your budget. You're going to get miles per gallon absolutely in the forties. Well done. Okay, so love you it. haven't spent, and, and that car is because it's little. It has that little chuckable car, fun to drive thing, and it's a Honda, so it's just going to run. You know what the problem with my choice is? You can get two CRZs for the price of a new Hyundai i30N. You can almost get three. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm. Yeah, 
not in a good place over yeah, here. You're, you're, so I seriously, <laughs> I've spent half your budget on that little wild card car. I know. Look, I know that's niche. It's not for everybody. But the things I liked about it were small, great gearbox, great gas mileage. These are good things. That's an excellent. So choice. I think if you're if you're just I straight like up that. commuting, why not do that? Get great gas mileage and still have an enthusiast car. That's excellent. All right. Well, you've got some deciding to do, and both Todd and I are jealous of your job, as is everyone that listening. That sounds really cool, yeah. Keep us posted with whatever you can. We'd love to see or hear any updates on the cool Valkyrie, and yeah, we'd love to come visit you at the factory and see <laughs> what sure. you're doing, if possible, sure. because That's you funny. know we've got to stop at Jag and Lotus. and There's, there's many places McLaren to go. and... Mm-hmm. Bentley and what else? We gotta go to these places. <laughs> Honestly, after McLaren and Lotus, I'm pretty good unless I get to see the Valkyrie. And then I'm like, you know what? We're gonna do a little bit of a left turn here. <laughs> yeah. Wow. All right. To social media questions and straight to the first question on Facebook from Allison M, who found okay. the podcast recently. Oh, this is fun. She watched most of season one today via Amazon Prime. Thank you so much for watching. We're being binge watched. I just wanted that noted. <laughs> you and I are now being binge watched. I, I, that's, that makes me both excited and a little bit concerned. Is that a t-shirt? I'm just Possibly. asking. I've been binge watched. <laughs> that's that's kind of scary. Yeah. yeah, that's a little weird. Anyway, she has never wanted a Focus RS and a Cyan FRS more than she does right now. What have we done? Well, here's the thing. Hopefully good things and got you thinking differently. Allison, honestly, I feel like that means we've done what we're supposed to do. Yeah. yeah. Because our whole thing, look, and you're talking about two cars that are, I mean, the the RS is twice the price of the the Scion. The, The biggest thing we're chasing, and we're glad it's resonating with you, is just we want to take you along on these drives. We want you Absolutely. to feel like you were a little bit kind of like you were there. I, and sometimes that resonates better than others. I will admit some episodes are stronger in that than others. Sure, sure, But, sure. I mean, the 50 years of the 911 is a great example. Who's going to get the chance to gather those cars? And get the back-to-back The whole time. reason we did it, besides the fact we wanted to, was just let's just get everybody this experience a little bit, you mm-hmm. know? That's why we try to do that. So the fact that you're considering those cars, I think is great. I have no idea what your budget is. I'm sorry because we're making you make weird budget decisions. And, <laughs> and I will acknowledge again, this show is not a show for budgeting. This is not a good financial no. planning show, but it can Especially be wildly fun. The table, yeah, really. it can be wildly fun. We're really <laughs> glad to have you with us, Allison. Thanks so much for listening and for watching. And I am still laughing at the fact you and I have now been binge watched. <laughs> yeah, maybe not the greatest t-shirt idea ever. It, but it does Maybe make me not. laugh. It does really make me I'll, laugh. I'll retract uh, that. My, my, my wife, uh, her, her life is binge-watching me, so she's probably over it at this point. You know, <laughs> Little thing comes up in the corner next episode. She's like, you know what? I'm going to bed. I'm good. I'm good. Like, hey, what do you think of this new clip and, and Paul yeah. and I doing this and that? Yeah. And no. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, there's two Lotus questions, one on Facebook that I want to cover and one on Instagram. I want to cover both of them back-to-back right here. Devin wrote in and said, there's an XHS at a car lot down the road from my house. Uh, why shouldn't I go test drive it? Devin, is this a rhetorical question? <laughs> because I don't honestly don't see why you have it. Here's the thing. Have you ever driven an Elise or an Exige? Because I'm going to say to you right now, if you've never driven one, go test drive that car right now. Because, <laughs> and, and I'm not saying, I'm not saying it's because I think you yeah. should go buy it. I'm saying because it is such a unique car in the marketplace that it's hard to find that experience elsewhere. Yeah. It I may agree. not be for you. And I'll tell you right now, when you struggle to get in the car, that may kill it for you immediately. But as far as a car you'd actually own, but at the same time, sure. even if you take it around the block, the steering feel, the height of it, the visibility, all of that is so different than other cars, you should at least have that life experience. So yes, go drive it, even if it's around sure. the block, sure. have that experience. And then the other Lotus question, uh, Jason Rigo 13 on Instagram said, he loves the idea of owning an Elise, but he's really worried about reliability. Now, mm-hmm. this has that 1.8-liter Toyota engine that was in the uh, the old Celica GTS, okay, which right. is known to be a very reliable engine. Yeah, right. Uh, the, the, what's referred to as the federalized Elise means the one they brought to the U.S. It has that engine, which was so much more reliable than the Rover engine they started this car with. Mm, yeah. So there's that. Uh, in general, here's the thing. You've bought yourself a low-build number quasi-exotic car. <laughs> when stuff breaks, it's going to be complicated. I'll give you the perfect example. I am realizing that sometime this summer, I'm going to have to replace the radiator on my Elise. Yeah, you keep mentioning this, too, with, with fear. The radiator is in the front. The engine is in the back, which means all of the hoses come down through the side sills. And yeah. it also means, here's the biggest problem, it also means that to get to the radiator, every other car on the planet, you lifted the hood, and there's the radiator. But on the Elise, you've got to take off the front clam. I checked right. with my guys this week, 
Oh, you did? 10 hours of labor. Did you get a price quote? I did. Because, well, it's their hourly rate for labor, but okay. 10 hours of labor to get this done. That's and, a and, big and, and day here's, or a two-day And here's job. the other part of that equation. Wow. I know that those guys who have Lotus experience, who have a lift, who have multiple guys that can get around the, the, the nose cone at the same time, mm-hmm. that means their 10 hours of labor would probably be 15 to 20 if I did it. And they're going to do it better. Oh, yeah. Okay? Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to have to do this at some point because you've got to take the whole front half of the car off honestly, to get to the radiator. Right. So, so that's, that's just going to be expensive. It just is. And, and, I'm, and I'm dreading – I'm honestly dreading that conversation with my wife and our budget. That's what I'm dreading. But <laughs> And don't get me wrong. I don't have a catastrophic problem. It's just one of those things where it's like, I'm going to have to do that, aren't I? Oh, yeah. Tires too. But throw that in the mix. In a world of I own an exotic car, I am going to put it out there. I think it is the cheapest thing you can be into hmm. in that world of I own an exotic. But you bought a quasi-exotic car. Yeah, you've still so got when headspace when you. stuff breaks, it, it's the same. It's the same reality. It's not as bad. It's the same reality as the old Ferraris that are affordable, but when you need anything done, they have to take the engine out. Yeah, right. Okay, it's that world right. of that shouldn't be that complicated, but they crammed everything in this car at a weird angle that it's going to cost you money. We still have one of those fast blasts forthcoming. Nineteen ninety-eight F three fifty-five. Such a cool car. The license tag actually says engine out. Yeah, that was the owner's actual tag was engine out, which is hysterical. Because he's had the service done. But I I will say to you, the other thing about it is if you drive a Lotus hard, and I have read this more times than I can count, you drive a Lotus hard, it is one of the cheapest cars and consumables you will ever drive on track because it's so light. Agreed. The guy with the M3 next to you. Yes, anybody can work on an M3. Yes, he's got quasi-power. His brakes and probably his tires are done at the end of the day. You'll be able to do multiple race days, multiple sure. track days. On the, I've heard of guys. Oh, yeah. I'm not oh, talking yeah. about guys that are competitive racers. I'm talking about guys that track Just for fun. Just high-performance driving event track days. They do those track sure. days, sure, sure. and they get through multiple track days on their tires and their brake pads. Excellent. So yeah. in that regard, consumables, you're really low because it's light. So take all that under advisement. I recommend one, but of course, I'm the crazy guy that owns one. So there you go. Mike T., I liked your question on Facebook here. Pointed at me about commodity car, and he says, why can't commodity cars make sense as pretty cars? Why can't they be pretty or beautiful? And he's talking about the classic Astons versus the random 300ZX or the Mazda 6 and maybe the FRS's possibilities. He's asking here, you know, Fords, Toyotas, Volkswagens, those aren't pretty cars. It's not necessarily the materials, but why not classy and pretty for these kinds of cars? So why are kind of the average cars not pretty is kind of where we're going here? Yes. Okay. And Drew V had a, a good statement here about crash safety regulations. And yes, they do dictate a lot of mm-hmm. car design, mm-hmm. but it's also about the market too. And you've got to con- take into consideration the market itself and wh- who is it being marketed to? Yeah. What kind yeah. of buyer do you want to mm-hmm. buy this car? So you've got to think about, you know, the uh, the larger, more beautiful cars. They're, they've got long wheelbases, longer proportions, and mm. so more uh, clean surfaces work better on these kinds of cars. Yeah. But, Drew, to your standpoint, to your, your position here about crash safety standards, think about the current gener- generation Lexus IS. Economy cars will say the turn signal is integrated into the headlight cluster. Yeah. That saves you money. It does, for sure. Not so the IS. They have that signature lighting, LED lighting checkmark look. It's like the Nike swoosh underneath the, the light. Yeah. It is. Think about that. That is now separated out of the light. Mm-hmm. It's not part of the headlight, which mm-hmm. most cars are nowadays. Yeah. That's an expensive tooling. That's extra parts. That's extra engineering. All in an effort to give it a classier, sleeker, more expensive look and more of an upscale look. To separate it out from everybody else. So yeah. think of it in terms of manufacturing and more parts and mm-hmm. designers having more freedom to go do those types of things that, you know, you look at the new Civic whatever. Well, let's go ahead and move that turn signal right up into the headlight cluster and make it one unit. It'll sure. be cheaper to produce. Sure. All those kinds of things. But again, small cars being beautiful, what are the most beautiful small cars you can think of? S2000's up there. It's nice, yeah. clean surfaces. Yeah, great. But generally speaking, the beautiful, gorgeous cars have long wheelbases. They're more mm-hmm. of a luxurious feel. Even those 60s Ferraris are kind of big in comparison to interesting. Interesting. You know, a lot of hot hatchbacks and that kind of thing. So it's difficult to do a classy proportion on a short 
wheelbase and a tiny car. Fair, fair. You've got to do different surfaces and you've got to do different breakup. The smart car is an excellent example, which, by the way, is one of the Museum of Modern Art cars. Which is crazy, but yeah. Just from the design standpoint alone. That is the original design. The walnut on wheels. The second one. Yeah, all right. (laughs) I like that. But, you know, think about you've got such a a smaller space and your lines have to do more. Mm -hmm. They can't just stretch out and be real long, beautiful, sensuous lines. They've got to do something because suddenly they're going to be intersected by a door cut or a fender or a, mm-hmm. suddenly that beautiful line is broken up more quickly, sure. sooner in sure. the design as it wraps yeah. around the car. So it, it's all about proportion, really. Materials is some has something to do with it. Crash safety standards, that, I, that space between the top of the hood and the top of the engine intake This right is there. why all cars look like they have sli- slightly swollen noses now because you've got to have... a pedestrian crash yes. safety standard. So that's yes. when the car bumps you in the waist, you bend over at the waist and your head hits the you know the hood right there. And man, is that a pillowy soft landing. Wow, Here's that an idea. Stay good. out of traffic. I just don't... I, I, yeah. That amazes me. But I, I understand there's a lot of these regulations. I'm going to submit one other thing though and I'm wondering about it. When you have these, let's say, average cars. I'm, I'll, I'll give you examples. Honda Accord, Camry, Nissan Altima. Right. Okay? Right. All of them, interestingly enough, have tried a kind of crazy design in the latest refresh, but go back a generation. Go back 10 years. Mm-hmm. Those cars are all very middle-of-the-road vanilla. I hate for the ice cream analogy, but I'm going to follow it along for a second. They are vanilla cars because now it's just a question of, do you want ice cream? I mean, sure. It, it, there's, there's that level of, as you go crazy, like the new Camry, uh, Accord, and Altima, you are now polarizing your audience, and you have instantly created people that won't buy it because they don't know how it, like how it looks. Why on earth does a Nissan Juke sell? Because some people look at that and go, that's cool looking. And the rest of us go, that's really not cool looking. But it doesn't yeah. have to sell in volume. If it has to sell in volume, it's got to be a lot more safe and middle of the road so that people aren't excited, but they're also not offended. Last thought for you on this, and this is the grand exception, is Mazda. Mm. They're doing beautiful sheet metal work mm. on cars as small as the Mazda 3. Yeah. Look at Mazda for their the new CX3 corporate is great front. Looking. Yeah. The new grill, the new headlight integration, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. that theme that it sets all the way on around the car. And then look at the shut lines and where the bumper cover intersects with the sheet metal. Those are decisions. The lines, the shut lines, those are actual decisions by yeah. people. Why did it do that? Well, it looks more beautiful and you know, from a side glance, it doesn't have a funny, mm-hmm. you know, shut line where the fender swells out, that kind of thing. And then finally, cars have to look new. They have to look fresh and new to your eye mm-hmm. because they want buyers buying the new thing. Yeah, you got, they've got to have a reason to trade up. Exactly. I will say, guys, that there is something really cool that I have benefited from for a decade, and that is walking around any random auto show with Paul. <laughs> who will randomly like grab me by the sleeve and pull me aside and be like, you see how that shut line, by the way, I had no idea there was a shut line. I hadn't looked at it at all. <laughs> you see how that shut line go- goes into this thing? I'm suddenly like, that really is cool. It's that, it's that <laughs> classic design thing of I never noticed. And Paul, Paul's standing there for 20 minutes going, look at the way those two panels blend. And, and, and it, it's, a, it's affected my world. I'm nerding out over in here. A good, the- it's affected my world in a good way because I can actually see weird highlights and stuff yeah. now. But it is very interesting that you see that stuff and you think about shut lines. And you talked about it on the Kia Stinger review as well as how they merged a lot of panels and they made yeah. one line out of it, which is really, once you see that, you go, that really was clean. It's very interesting how the, right. all of that stuff affects it. Right, right. It's fun to walk around auto shows and hear all the misinformation from people. Oh, yeah. Because they think they're talking about, you know, I know this. That's the Ferrari such and such. Um, I want to correct you, but this could actually be fun. I'm going to let that roll. I'm going to let that go. I, I told you about the time. In fact, I think I Instagrammed about it. There was a time I was standing in line at Five Guys here locally. Okay. Yes, and I had just right. parked the Lotus outside. That's right. And the guy behind me was probably 18 or 20, and he was standing there with his parents, and they spied it outside. He started listing off facts about the Lotus, and none of them was right. I mean, I'm not going to correct you because that's entertaining. He started off with how uh, a, I think it was like only a few hundred were made, and it's a $150,000 car. And I was like, uh, I'm going to leave that alone. <laughs> I, I'm not even sure where to start on why you're wrong. But I'm not going to let you know I own the car. And it was amazing to listen to him go off about all the things he thought about the car. And his parents were like, wow, really? That's really cool. And I'm just thinking – 
None of that was correct. I did like the guy who asked you at the service station if there was a V10 in that car. Yes. I did like that question a lot. When I drove it back from L.A., I stopped. <laughs> I, I, I peeled my way off I-15. I couldn't take it anymore. I had to find a back road. Peeled my way off I-15 in, I think it was Cedar City, but it's a tiny little Utah town. And I'm, so I'm sure. a good ways off the freeway, and I park it at a gas station. I pulled kind of around the back to the back pumps, and this guy wandered up. And honestly, I'm not kidding. He had never seen or heard of a Lotus Elise before. It was clear. Every question he he asked, it was may as well astounding have been a space to ship. us. But fair enough, no and problem. They're they're not no problem. Look, they're not common. I get it. No but problem. my favorite thing was the question of does that have a V10? And I just thought, do you know how big a V10 engine is? Do you see how small <laughs> this car is? So when I told it, so so think about this though. Did think you about ta- did you let that go? Did you run with no, that no, for no, a while? No, no, I didn't. Okay, darn. Think about how much it warped his brain when I then told him, no. It has a four-cylinder. <laughs> Actually, sir, it's powered by Toyota. What Seriously. Do you think of that? Yeah, anyway, it's, it's, it's just funny when that stuff happens. And I'm not saying that we aren't wrong because we get stuff wrong, too. Oh, yes, all the time. But when Actually. it's the, the rapid-fire misinformation, I just kind of go, do I stop that or do I just sit here and enjoy? A lot of times it's just enjoy. <laughs> exactly. Okay, what other questions do you have here? Uh, well, let's see. Um, Oh, uh, Snow White MR2 asked about uh, how we deal with budgets. Uh, when p- somebody gives us a budget, look, I'm going to be honest. We just deal with the what could you agree on the car price. Mm. Obviously, there's going to be taxes on top of that and license and registration, and, and your state is going to vary on that. I mean, uh, you buy in California versus you buy here in Utah. Now your taxes and registration are totally different. It's the price you agreed on for the car, and then all that stuff's going to get tacked on. There's really no other way for us to stay ahead of the problem, so we do think about it in those regards. Jeff H. is asking, if all the cars are going away, hi, Ford, (laughs) could you envision NASCAR going CUV? Well, up until, you know, however many years ago, decades now, when they went all pickup trucks, I didn't think it would be anything but just cars. So, yeah, I can imagine CUVs. Let's have at it. NASCAR pickup racing. Why not? But only on one condition, Jeff, and that is if they keep the same seat height. Because in the pickup trucks, they sit the same seat height, and that center of gravity is really low, (laughs) and they're peering over the steering wheel. You know, they could wear a huge helmet in that car. But if they keep (laughs) the same seat height, then that gets interesting for me. Sure, bring on the CUV NASCAR. That's funny. Big wide stance. There's a question on here from Michael C. about. Our favorite Monterey Car Week event besides the Concours d'Elegance. Oh, good. I'm glad you're covering this, actually. Yes, I will be there for 2018. I am planning on going right now, so I'm planning on hopefully being there most of the week. That'll be cool. Auctions are one of my favorites, but I would say the Quail. And the, I was going to say the Quail, The too. Quail on Friday has become the go-to event. Mm-hmm. It's probably the most expensive event, actually, more it's so than the Concurso ridiculous, itself. ridiculous, but yes, it's very cool. Yeah, and then there's a couple of questions that I think you and I for, should do for the start of a podcast because okay. these are going to require more thought. I saw some of these, yeah. First one is from Scott B. He's asking about us doing a beginner's track day guide as a mm. segment. He just got back from his first PCA track event. He said there's a lot of tidbits he's never heard. Don't use your handbrake after hot laps is one that he's heard. For sure. We get told this and reminded this at press event track days like all crazy. the time. Like crazy. And, you know, especially when you bring the GTI back in to the pits with the brake smoking. <clears throat> they pulled it off the lot. In my defense, they didn't have one in their press fleet. They went to the local dealer. They pulled one off the lot. They pulled it on. It had like six miles on it. I tracked it. Not that hard. And I had... Conniption would be, I, I had think, the, the press the, guy had. The press guy did his, his very best to come over and very nicely say, can you do me a favor and please not drive that that hard again? And I was like, that was really just... The, but, okay, but, but, all right. But, I'm sorry. It's got six miles. <laughs> now it has seven and the brakes are bad. <laughs> Going to have to replace everything there. And then finally, a question from Joel C. Thank you, Joel, for writing. He said, what, what one car must you experience before you turn 30 or 40 or 50? We could do this at actually every age. And I was thinking about breaking it down into your wow. experience versus your age. Because, I like that better. You know, a lot of people have had a lot of car experience early mm-hmm. in life. But then there's some people that haven't really had too much experience, and it kind of begins in your 40s. Yeah, I like that better because, I mean, you and I, to some degree, started much, much later than we wanted to. Yeah. You know, we know a lot of guys that, some of which we've actually helped with the show, who were getting, I mean, Tom's a great example. Sure. Tom was getting uh, shooting experience, car experience, ring experience 10 to 15 years before you and I did. 
you know, and I think about, man, what if I'd had the opportunity? But who cares? So who cares? You get it that. Matter. You get that thing. So I, yeah. I do think that. I think it's about I mean, you the and place, I had other careers as well. Totally, the place you are in your car life versus what your age is. That, I love that approach. That's really good. Yeah, because it depends on your track day experience, totally. and you know, where have you been on Canyon Roads? And are you just used to drag racing? Are you used to, mm-hmm. you know. What's your background first and then graduate towards that? And then maybe that's intermixed with some driving schools or things like that. And then, okay, there's that one question. That can go question. on a while. I like that. That's there's really good. There's one question I couldn't resist from Andrew H. He said, what car would you buy and upgrade the interior? Every Tesla ever made, Andrew. <laughs> Every Tesla. Well, maybe just the S and the X, but, you know, just saying. <laughs> okay, you want that $150,000 interior to feel like a $150,000 interior. Call me crazy. I hear you. Yeah. Okay, I see how you went there. Guys, thank you so much. We really, really appreciate all your social media questions. We're sorry we can't get to a lot of them, but we're going to get to them in the future. Please keep asking. Mm-hmm. Really, really appreciate it. And thank you both for writing in for your debates. If you've got your own debate, write to us at everydaydrivertv at gmail.com, or you can find us on the website where the pilgrimage trip information also this lives. That's true. Yeah. Just saying. Put that back in your mind for future reference. <laughs> You're Bring so it. subtle. You're so subtle. <laughs> hey, I'm trying. Guys, thank you again. Looking forward to next time. Cheers. Let me tell you about Pete, who loved hockey and always wanted to play in the NHL. Pete played since he was three and begged his mom to let him stay on the ice. Why, some nights he even slept in his hockey skates. Pete practiced and practiced until one day. When he was 47, Pete realized he just wasn't that good. So he threw his skates in the trash. But then he heard how Geico, proud partner of the NHL, could save him money on car insurance. So he switched and saved a bunch. So it all worked out. ADT can design and install a smart home just for you, backed by 24-7 protection. A new smart home at your service, customized for your lifestyle. Set up custom automations unique to your home to automatically do the things like lock the doors or set the thermostat when you leave. Even close your garage door from virtually anywhere. ADT will set up your home with multiple smart home devices and security features like indoor and outdoor cameras, locks, lights, and garage door control, even video doorbells. Visit ADT.com slash podcasts to learn more about how ADT can design and install a secure smart home just for you.